1: And I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset.
0: We are 42 months into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Ensign alongside the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, Lord Marty Foster. Lord Foster, how are you?
1: Hello, Johnny. Uh, I am both disappointed and thankful. But I'll I'll expand more upon that as we get through the podcast.
0: Well, that's good. I'm actually I'm looking forward to that because I have to admit, you've already got my curiosity rolling and we just had uh, a very interesting, uh, very interesting prep session, didn't we? We did. Uh, It was a podcast in itself. So, um,
1: yeah, it, it, it was
0: interesting. It was candid. And even you used a bad word. I, I did a few bad words because i'm I, I like bruce i'm i'm sick of the cloak and dagger let's just get on with it let's just let's move on you know let's yeah let's get this ball rolling let's get started right let's let's get this party started and i the just,
1: phrase go is it is it shit or get off the pot yeah something
0: like that yeah Yeah, Yeah. let's just, let's get on with it. Well, before we get into uh, our discussion today, we took a big risk when we started this podcast. We knew that we wanted to reach uh, a very large global audience, but we weren't sure how to do it. And we knew that we wouldn't be able to use social media. We wouldn't be able to use uh, big name platforms like YouTube. So we decided against all of that, even before all the censorship started. That's why we're based on you, the listener, telling people about us through word of mouth. We're not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas to make everyone hate each other. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging platform for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product, such as what you're hearing now like what Marty just described. If you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that is willing to do the real research and not give you fake, nonsensical talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like Fox News, CNN, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can come on board with us and you can take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, You'll be supporting the work that we do and the research that we can continue. And together, we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on television and in the newspapers and on the international stage. For less than a price of a cup of coffee per month, together, we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. On to the events of the day. Where would you like to start, Mr. Foster? I know that you said you had some things lined up that you wanted to discuss, so let's get into that discussion.
1: Okay, last evening, I was looking forward to, to uh, a game of rugby from the World Cup, I had been told all day by my son that Italy were playing Namibia. Now, my good lady wife is um, part Sicilian and therefore supports Italy with um, plenty of gusto. As it turns out, the appointed hour arrived And indeed, there was no rugby. In fact, the bloody game had happened last week and we'd missed that particular one. But as I'm flicking through the channels, I found uh, a a station, a a TV station called uh, Together TV. And there was a program on there called Britain's Most Historic Cities. And guess what? It was about Norwich, this city of my birth. So I thought I would start to watch it. And there's a very attractive she she's a paleontologist she's an uh you know a bit like bones uh from the TV series, but her name is Alice Roberts and uh, she started off the program on top of Mousehold Heath, which is a very famous Heath um for rebellion um there was a guy called I think was it Robert or John Het was his last name and he led. Uh, the peasants revolt in the 16th century or was it the 15th anyway it was it was quite a while ago and it was basically down to the rich taking common land into enclosures and leaving the peasants nowhere to graze their cattle or grow food so there was a big rebellion and they won Two battles against, bearing in mind that Norwich at the time was the second largest city in the country. So it was quite significant, only only smaller than London itself. Anyway, I digress. I'm watching this program, and who should she have on top of um, my beautiful God's country of Norfolk, uh, on top of its one of its largest land features, because it's pretty flat otherwise, but a small Irish woman talking about the history of of the Heath and Ket and and so on. And then we moved to the cathedral. It's a beautiful cathedral. It it was um, originally a Catholic cathedral. And then during the English Reformation, all of the clergy and monks that were accommodated there changed to the Church of England under Henry VIII, and it survived. And who should they have there talking about it? But a small... I'm making assumptions here, but she looked like Laurie Lightfoot. So I'm saying she was a small, black, lesbian, American lady telling me all about my city's history because she's apparently the record keeper for Norwich. How did that happen? Was there no one locally qualified or interested? The next thing, they went down a place called Elm Hill, which is a Judah street. There was a massive fire in Norwich, just as there was in London, and a great deal of the city was destroyed. But this street remained intact, and it's got all these Tudor buildings, and Norwich was big on textiles. So they had a lady there who was making textiles in the traditional Tudor manor, or way, I should say, because a Tudor manor would be a big house where the, the local lord lived. Anyway, guess where she came from? South Africa. Uh, I was getting ready so, to say, not the UK. <laughs> so the next thing they got onto was talking about how, because textiles was so big in Norwich, they then got people from Flanders to come across, basically financial migrants, who were there to improve our textile industry. And the woman, uh, what was her name again? Alice Roberts, I think I said it Said it was. Mm-hmm. She just had to say... Uh, and not for the first time, um, uh, you know, workers from another country were invited in and improved our um, our, our finances and our, and our industry, which of course is true. But she was making a point of it, a political point in a program that's supposed to be about the ancient history or the history of Norwich. She's making a modern day point about uh, financial migrants and immigration and and so on and i went i reached what i like to call my fuck it threshold at that point i was hoping to hear people talk the way i do uh you know the 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 norfolk accent but no we had an irish woman an american woman a south african woman and then this professor from the university of birmingham telling us how we were saved by um a bunch of migrants from flanders so yeah that was my disappointment. Uh, first of all, the rugby, followed by being totally disappointed by this what could have been an excellent history information documentary turned into a political statement. Is it just me, or uh, you don't watch TV, so you probably won't notice it at all? But there is such a a huge amount of
0: subliminal messaging. In just about everything we watch on TV at the moment. That's why I don't watch it. Well, that's part of the reason. But I, I started to notice that a while back. Once we started to pick out like the, the wokeness and everything and how they're trying to, to twist everything, it's in everything. It's in absolutely everything. So I just said, you know what? I'm done. I, I'm done with entertainment. I'm I'm just going it, to it's it's going to be one of those clean breaks. And that's it. And you know what? I don't miss it. I really don't care. I've got too much going on in, in other respects to worry about all that stuff. I mean, you know how much studying I do? And that, that's what I do. That's my that's my thing that that I substitute for whatever, you know, the like I, I'm sitting here thinking about how many books I can load onto my new memory card that I can entertain myself with as opposed to using it for uh, like movies and, and TV show. And, and that's interesting because when I was doing um, some tablet shopping, I came across because I had a tablet that was, you know, 10 years old and it was just it was at the end of its life. And so I needed a new one just for examining documents for things that we're doing here for research purposes. And as I'm looking for one, I obviously I want to get a good one, right? I want to get something that's going to last for at least that long. I want something that's going to go for at least 10 years. And as I'm looking at all of these these options every single thing on them as a selling point is about entertainment. It's about playing games. It's about watching Netflix or uh, Amazon Prime Video or how long the battery lasts to do all of these things. And that's all that they are advertising is is for entertainment purposes. And I'm thinking to myself, what about for educational purposes? Do you people even stop to consider that? And they don't. So I'm not I don't know. I, I just I can't. I can't put myself back there, you know, in the, in the entertainment world. I understand what you're saying, and it, it can be very frustrating, and I was frustrated with it a long time ago. Well, but-
1: it, yes, yes, it's entertainment, but it was supposed to be a history It's supposed to be educational.
0: Yes, it's supposed yeah. to be educational. But the problem is, is that when we're dealing with ideological subversion at the cultural level, we have people that declare themselves gods and the makers of history. So therefore, your history under their ideology was a mistake, so it has to be replaced.
1: Well- I just want to know why there's no... It's, okay, football, the game of soccer. Can't believe, you believe you I just heard an
0: Englishman. So Proper Englishman just say soccer, but okay, I understand. But just,
1: just for clarity, you get this tribalism going on. You get people supporting their hometown. Chances are that there will be nobody from their region. And in fact, usually at least 50%, particularly in the premiership, are foreign players. So what what's what's driving that that urge of you know why are people still prepared to pay the money for the um season ticket buy the replica shirts pay the money to go to each game when it's it's not their town or their city that are playing football it's not even their county it's it's a global thing and what upset me about this program initially until the the whole message about um financial migrants was the fact that they could find nobody from Norfolk to actually speak on the program that's what really upset me. I could have watched the rest of it if I hadn't have been so incensed by the complete lack of East Anglian in the program yeah that that was my disappointment but we can move on from that because that, that really that's just a bit of a rant it's a long one. But my thankfulness is that I remembered to read the label today because I was back at the middle of
0: Lidl today. I was yes, searching. I heard, I heard about your, uh, your almost 200-pound escapade for something you were looking for for $34.99, yes.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing is that they don't tell you this. They don't publicize it. It is clear on the packaging, but these power tools, which are pretty cheap and quite good quality, for stuff from china don't come with the chargers or the batteries so i remembered to pick up you know the the packets with the chargers and the batteries in so by the time i got to the checkout not having got a trolley because i only expected to get one item but i had in fact bought like a, a a type of dremel with a extra box of attachments another cordless drill to give to my son, a cordless grinding machine, a grinder, and the chargers to go with all these things, I was teetering. I got to the checkout, which was empty, just one person going through one item. And the woman sat behind the the checkout, said, I'm sorry, this one's closed. You'll have to go over there. And pointed to a checkout with about eight people in a queue, all with big trolleys full of shopping. And she must have felt she must have had some kind of empathy for just how much I wanted to stick one of these No, I won't say well, I won't say that, but shes, "Oh no, it's okay. I'll do it here." So I put all this stuff down. But yeah, I was thankful that I checked the labels, and I was thankful that a cashier uh, who was then going off for their break actually did their job and gave me some customer service. None of this has got anything to do with modern day politics other than I've probably just helped reinflate part of the Chinese
0: economy. That is true. Their, their economy is not doing great. So anyhow, moving right along. Uh, I thought we could start with the, uh, the online safety bill that has been arbitrarily rammed through in your country with almost little or no public recognition whatsoever. Nearest I can tell- I- no one in your country was consulted, as in, I'm talking about constituents, voters. No one was consulted. No one was advised. Nothing within uh, your media. Uh, no one talked about it. Nothing. Um, well, there's, and a all cu- of sudden- there's a
1: couple of things yeah, um, where some consultation would have been nice. This is one of them. The other one I will come to in just a moment, and this will be seamless to you, the listener. As I said, absolutely seamless. You didn't even notice me gone. Yeah, So the online safety bill is one thing where some consultation would have been nice, but the government will say that consultation has taken place. It's taken place with counsellors, with police, with the legal profession, and anyone who's involved looking after people who have found that they've been abused, bullied, radicalised, catfished, conned online the problem i have with all this is that there used to be a system in place that would look out for an individual for a vulnerable person and that would be the family but the family has started to become a thing of the past that support network is being removed it's being removed by many many things you know it the the whole ethos of you don't have to be married you don't have to stay with the the father or the mother of your children. All of these things are are, are, are kind of under attack. And I don't want to sound like a Bible-punching maniac, but the family is important. And if the family was working as a proper support network, these these kids that are getting um, groomed online by predatory paedophiles, the parents would know what they're up to. They should know what they're up to. Yeah, kids are sneaky. They always have been. Some of the stuff that I did as a kid before the internet, when you had to be really sneaky, it wasn't just a, a matter of a quick flick of the mouse and close that screen down. Yeah, yeah, we had to. We had to be super sneaky to get things past our parents, and they always found out. They always knew what you're up to.
0: And someone always ratted For, you
1: out, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually one of my sisters. But it's one of those things where if the family is working, particularly for that type of online victim, there would be an element of protection. Yeah. So the other areas are things like scams. You know, if by now you don't know that an email from Nigeria telling you that you are going to get millions if you just deposit thousands to pay for the transaction into a bank account, if you don't know that's a scam by now, actually, you probably deserve to be scammed. Radicalized, fundamental religious radicalization, all happening online. Uh, Shamima Begin, how did she get to to Syria? She got to Syria because she looked at the right websites and spoke to the right people, or the wrong people, I should say, and made her way there. And that wasn't even about that, that wasn't the real fundamental radicalization. That was just about come and be the bride of a jihadi. And, you know, you, you get this concept that Asian families are at least looking after their kids. Well, not in that particular case, they weren't. Something went terribly wrong there, didn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Indeed.
1: Well... so. What do, you, what do you want to say about the online well,
0: safety? You well, know, I would. Well, what I would like to say is, I think it's atrocious. To be fair, because it is a uh, it's a landmark piece of I don't even want to call it legislation. It's a landmark piece of treason. Pardon me for speaking out of turn. I'm not English, but I think it's atrocious. I think it's I think it's disgusting, and it it is it's antithetical to what uh, the foundations of what are supposed to be uh, liberal democracies uh, and free speech societies are all about. They're going to use it as nefariously as possible. You can already see that because if you look at what it actually entails, it's exactly like what the Chinese online censorship does, almost a carbon copy of it. But yet to stop any kind of resistance from forming against it, they're giving the usual fluff talking points on it saying, well, this is to stop sex trafficking. This is to stop terrorism. This is to stop money laundering. This is to stop organized crime. They don't care about any of that stuff. They never have. If you actually want to go after these things, we have apparatuses within our respective governments to be able to do this, but they don't. If you look at the crime numbers in the average locale in the United States and in the UK, I looked at some of your crime statistics today, they are off the charts. An online safety bill, which has nothing to do with online safety, isn't going to do a damn thing. Against the cultural decay that we're experiencing here in the West. Now, you have a regulator. Uh, I I say that term very loosely. You have a regulator in the UK called Ofcom. Yes. Yeah. A uh-huh.
1: Regulator isn't one of my favourite words because that's also yeah. that's also the name of the navy military police, the regulators, and you know how I don't really get on with them. Right. But I think that there has to be some regulation. Because there are clearly some crimes being committed online. However, we have special units for that.
0: I'm sorry to interject. We have special units for that anyway. They already have that. Every single national police force, as in like for example, in the United States, it's the FBI. They have an online crime unit. Same thing in the UK. I'm sure you guys do too through your, uh, yeah, your yeah, state intelligence yeah. services or whatever. You have online crime units. Why not just deal with that problem there and let those people do their job that they're supposed to do as opposed to clamping down on the average citizen?
1: Well, I think it's probably because they've been failing at their jobs. I'm not defending this, by the way, but I'm I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. They have failed to address the scale of online crime of scams of identity theft all of those things which are happening online they 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 can't cope with the sheer amount of it we are you know they they may not be uh, attacking us with um you know worms cyber attacks those kind of things but they are bombarding us With spam and suspicious emails that if you click on the wrong thing, you wind up losing a lot of your, well, not losing it because you've still got it, but they've got it as well. Your data, your personal information, those kind of things. And it's due to a lack of education about how to stay safe online. So instead of, this is where I'm no longer being devil's advocate. So instead of teaching people how to stay safe, they're going to be, you know, auntie and do it for you this is the problem big government is bad government bad so
0: stay the hell out of my business speaking of auntie you said that just as she popped up onto the screen this is the spokeswoman spokesperson for ofcom this is their chief executive dame melanie dolls welcoming the online safety bill let's see what dear old melanie has to say shall we Today is a major milestone in the mission to create a safer life online for people across the UK. And we are absolutely ready now, Ofcom, to crack on with the implementation of these new laws. And we feel very privileged to be entrusted with this role. In a matter of weeks now, we will come out with the standards that we expect tech firms to put in place to protect children and to make sure that all of us are protected from illegal activity like fraud. So we're excited to get started. They are so excited. Can't you tell? Could, could you tell how excited she was? Yeah,
1: she was ever so excited. They teach these people how to um, speak on camera. I used to uh, work in a TV studio for the Royal Navy where we taught senior officers how to behave in front of camera if they were being interviewed over something. Because obviously when you're a warship in a foreign country, you are an ambassador for your country. So therefore you might get interviewed and you might be asked questions and you have to behave a certain way on TV. And she was textbook trained and coached how to deliver that small piece to camera. And of course it, it looks like it makes perfect sense, but it's going to be those other things that we do online that are not illegal, however, they will become illegal if you use the wrong word. If you type a reply to someone on social media that that person doesn't like, then this new bill will see you screwed to the wall for hate speech, bullying, whatever they call it these days, where you're just telling someone who's left themselves wide open by posting something, what you think of that post and indeed them. Which normally it would be done face to face, which I'm I much more prefer. Uh likewise I advocate for casual, casual sword wearing. I think we'd all be a lot nicer to each other if we had a rapier on the hip, um, and ready to um seek uh what's the word? Retribution or is it satisfaction if mm-hmm. insulted? But this okay. is this is really where this is going. It's it's going towards um you can't say that you can't print that you can't type that and that's the problem i have with the online safety boom
0: you talked about people leaving themselves open to to being criticized for something that they post online again I, I always go back to this, and I, I know we're talking about the online safety bill, but this this kind of goes to it. They're doing this in the name of creating an online safe space. Why are you putting yourself out there, advertising yourself, your actions, your movements, your whatever, your life? Why are you projecting this out online for the world to see in the first place? This, this still, even after all this time, this still eludes me as to why people do this.
1: It, I'm, I'm going to sound stupid if I get this wrong. But was it Andy Warhol said everyone gets 15 minutes of fame? Could be, yeah. I
0: I don't yeah. know. So I'll let
1: that one slide, right? So you're well, forgiven. Thank you. Um, That's what everyone's after. That, that really is, I say everyone, just the misguided. I share, when I was working away, when I was out of the country, I shared what I was up to with what I thought was my circle of friends. We didn't understand at that point that friends are friends and people just sifting through fastbook could um see every detail that you were posting before they started to nail that down and give you the options but it's a matter of education it's it's a matter of telling people if you put that out there in the public domain it's there forever you know it 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 you you can't delete it people who have had revenge porn posted where they've been stupid enough to let their partner of the time photograph them or video them, and then they've split up. And then there's been whole websites dedicated to it. Post here, and you'll receive this amount of money.
0: and Only you would know this. I, I don't. Yeah, uh, people do know it. It's it's there. It's it's in. It's I've actually, never heard of that, but okay. I've heard of ne- the, the revenge porn thing. I didn't know they had actual websites dedicated to it.
1: Yeah, no. I've I haven't even looked at them. I I'm swear not saying I have not, but <laughs> I know that they're there because you've seen. I've seen reports on it in the news. Um, they'll report on that kind of stuff by all means. But it's um, educate people. Tell them if you put something there, make sure that it's not going to harm you. (laughs) Way back in the early days of Fastbook, I think I was still in in the Middle East. My son and his friend posted something and I said, you need to take that down. You need to remove it now. And it wasn't even, it, it wasn't hate speech. It wasn't anything that they could possibly get prosecuted for. But I, we, you know, the, the phrase, what would Jesus do? Yeah, of course. We, Yeah. Well, we've got a friend called Jess and she's extremely prim and proper and she is an example to us all. So we say, what would Jess think? is is what we have to have in our head before we press post on anything within social media and that's all people need to do they just need to be aware of what they are putting out there in the public domain how it could be used by others so that's the real lesson and that should be taught
0: in schools i don't think it is no so we're, not, instead, we're teach we're teaching everything in schools that we shouldn't be Rather than teaching kids practical knowledge and things that the that they need and things that they're going to use in life, we teach them nothing really. I heard a story well, today to that effect. I, I heard a story today. There was a um, there was a substitute teacher who was filling in for a college course. Okay, these there were thirty students. Okay, thirty students. If you can imagine this, thirty students that were in a college course, as in had completed the the high school, you know the the primary school, completed all of that. And we in college. So it was a simple exercise, right? So just for the, the class of 30 students, simple exercise for one class. There was a blank map of the world. And the simple exercise was to get all the students to put the names on each of the seven continents and each of the oceans. Only three of them could do it. 27 of them could not. Well, thankfully, I now, would have been one of the ones that could do it. Yes, but that's it because... <laughs> Now, watch uh, now, keep this in mind. This is not current day that I'm talking about. This is back in the late 80s, early 90s that this took place. Yeah, but was it in America? Yes. Well, I've got to say that for a start,
1: America is a big country, uh and it's not really one country. It's
0: 50 separate states all it rammed matter. together. When it comes to universities, it doesn't matter because you're taking in students from all over the country. I've got to say,
1: and I I don't want to lose us listeners, but there's about five Americans that I've encountered. You and Bruce and and GP uh, are three of them. The other two uh, I met while I was in the Middle East. They are the only ones that I think even come close to having a clue about geography, you're just not very good at geography in America. I'm no, sorry. We're not. No, we're not. But, I'll admit but, that we are not. But that's 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 by the by. What we have to remember is that um the curriculums taught in schools always lag the job market by about ten years. They're always playing catch up with the curriculum. And as well as the job market, we have to look at modern life as well. Back in the days, those that weren't academically gifted at school got into their last two years of what we call secondary education, so up to the age of 16, they would pick their options. And one of the most common options picked by young ladies was home economics, basically learning how to cook. Now, really, should a school be teaching people how to cook? But That was the option that they were given. The young boys uh, at my school, for instance, who weren't terribly academic, went to do, and they got to go on a bus all the way to King's Lynn um, to do painting and decorating so that they were learning a trade because that's all that the system was expecting them to achieve, to be uh, a painter and a decorator or a mother homemaker cook. That, that was what the, the choices that they had. People have got much more choice nowadays, and most of the education, if it's adhered to, will turn people out with a good rounded set of skills. But it still lags the job market and the modern way of living by about 10 years. It takes a long time to change a curriculum. Or Indeed, it does.
0: We're having dire consequences of, of not teaching trades. Uh, now, I suppose we could go on and on and on about that subject. But in the interest of time, uh, we do need to move on. I would like to ask you about uh, to get your considered informed opinion. You're very well versed in the field of aviation or excuse me, of avionics, correct?
1: I'm reasonably well-versed. I used to build avionic equipment, okay. and well, more I have than worked
0: on aircraft. There but, you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. I would like to get your considered and informed opinion on the F-35 incident that took place in the United States. So- First of all, uh, you obviously, you know, the backstory of this. We've discussed this privately Uh, to bring the listener up to speed. We were all informed in the public that the pilot had ejected and the autopilot was set. Okay, hearing that that was already the first problem. And you picked that apart almost immediately. And then, of course, we've seen what we believe. We don't know for sure. It's not confirmed. And you're not probably not going to get any confirmation out of this. But we've seen what we believe is footage of the actual crash of it. And Bruce grabbed a hold of the, I sent him the video last night and he grabbed a hold of it and did some funny things with some things that he likes to do and confirmed that the canopy was indeed, was indeed not there. So yeah. it, it appears as, as though that was the actual crash of the matter, at least what we believe it is. Uh, and then, of course, we have, quote, eyewitness testimony that was given to a local affiliate, which, again, that was complete bull. Then the Department of Defense announces that we're grounding the global fleet of F-35s for a period of 48 hours. So I suppose let's start with the beginning. Let's start with the um, the official story that, we're giving that, or that we were given that the pilot ejected and the autopilot was on, so the plane kept going. You're saying or at least what you told me privately is that if the autopilot was set before the uh, well the, the autopilot had to be set before the pilot ejected therefore there was nothing wrong so why did he eject so i suppose well, let's let's start there
1: i'm not uh fully sure that um whoever's uh air traffic controlling that aircraft because all military aircraft are in constant Communication with one station or another. So, if the flight is going over several hundred or even a couple of thousand miles, then it will pass from station to station. And this being a military aircraft, it will pass from friendly military station to military station. And there are all sorts of uh, telemetry stuff that will be feeding backwards and forwards from the aircraft to the ground station during the course of its flight. So, The only time that stuff is switched off is uh, when you're flying quietly, zero um, emissions in terms of uh, electronics, RF spectrum emissions, when you're actually flying tactically. So I can't understand why they don't know exactly why the pilot ejected, because there would have been information being fed backwards and forwards Right the way throughout, yes, there are flight recorders on board. They're now solid-state digital flight recorders as opposed to magnetic tape, which is what I used to have to refurbish for tornado aircraft. So why? Why did the guy or girl eject? And they would know by now if they did eject, because I'm assuming they would have been recovered. You've got a whole section of your chair force that is dedicated to the recovery of pilots. They would have been scrambled immediately because this uh, took place over U.S. soil. So there's, there's lots of questions as to why don't they know? Why have they made this decision to ground all those aircraft? Those two things at the moment do not add up in my head.
0: No, nor does the official story that was put out uh, for the crash. We were looking at that. Uh, that was uh, part of our prep session going over some of that and that doesn't add up either does it
1: well no because uh hikers in a mountainous area saw the crash take place and or saw the aircraft flying Bruce done his sort of forensic viewing of it and determined that the the cockpit had indeed been blown off because they had ejected the the aircraft then crashed into the dark silhouette of a mountain now the eyewitness that was also put out on the news was in extremely flat farmland, nowhere near a mountain. So that bit doesn't really
0: add up either, does it? Not at all. Although the, um, the scream does kind of give it a little bit of.
1: That scream was yeah. amazing. It was extremely accurate. It did sound like a jet engine on afterburner. He did well, but his choice of hat may give more of an indication as well, to his his mental state
0: yeah it it is it is a bit hot down there and it is very humid and i have to admit that a uh, uh, a hat like that does help take the edge off of some of that heat when you're outside in the in this time of year
1: the man was uh, what's the word it's not stereotype no he was a stereotype, stereotype. He, the,
0: the the actual part, where did like, they the, find him i have no idea should i play it just for the sake of it, should I should I play it? Just so the listeners yeah, uh, okay. I don't I
1: don't mean this in any racist manner at all, but this gentleman is not the sharpest tool in the box and that has nothing to
0: do with the colour of his skin. No, it's just genuinely it's it's just funny that they always pick somebody like well, this. As in like the attitude, yeah, the uh, mannerisms, the way they talk and, and everything. They they always pick lady, this type of person. The
1: lady talking about the fire in the apartment block. Yes, and she said, "I, uh, uh, I went back for my shoes," and he said, Nay, nobody got time for that." And that became a meme. It was turned into a music track by sampling what she was saying. It was um. It, it it was viral for quite some time i'm pretty yeah. sure this is going to go yeah. viral it's, as
0: well and it like it has to and then there's always the um yeah you know, if you if you go the uh, the southern route it's always the um uh the woman that's in the uh, the moo moo and the sponge rollers you know that's saying oh it was it was terrible i thought we'd be killed or even worse you know it's, it's always that kind of person <laughs> you know so anyway this is the uh this is uh mr um uh, randolph white i believe his name is uh
1: in the bathroom taking a shave and I heard a, a screeching, sort of between a screeching and a whistle. <laughs> I
0: said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom in my whole house. Sure. White says he didn't realize it was a plane at the time, so he didn't call anybody.
1: The first thought came to me. I said, well, must what, the meteorite coming out of space or something? And I said, well, if the airplane, it needed to be reported. The, the thing was flying just too low.
0: The F-35B airplane wreckage created an extensive debris field. The wreckage is located off Old Georgetown Road. Military security is very tight, with numerous red and white signs on the.
1: Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah, bless him. i, I was just amazed that is uh, the the whole outfit. Actually, uh, I think You're talking about must- 15
0: minutes of fame. He will be he will be famous nationwide by the end of the week. Yeah, I mean you.
1: never mind nationwide. That'll go global, mate. That that's that's a that's a global meme that that will be sampled, and I'm sure he's got a great future ahead of him. I hope he gets plenty of royalties
0: i hope he does too I hope uh, he does impression it's a, nice yeah, it's, it's a nice truck yeah. he's got there yes it's a nice truck out there yeah he does get the royalties but anyway yeah the uh the whole thing that goes along with this uh this f-35 story it just it doesn't add up and uh to announce publicly to the world that we're grounding all of our f-35s for a period of 48 hours why don't we just telegraph to the rest of the world to our adversaries what we're going to do as if we're not already doing that.
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of like, I'll uh, oh, go on then. Do whatever you want to do for the next 48 hours. Yeah, we're and they better. did. And they did. Yeah, and they did. They moved right up to Azerbaijan. Was it Azerbaijan uh, or Armenia. Armenia?
0: Armenia, yeah. Yeah. You say Armenia, I say Armenia. Yeah. One other thing, speaking of the, the tensions that could, I guess, escalate in different parts of the world, we've been hearing for a good number of uh, years now that uh, the Iranians are in danger of getting a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Which half of me believes that they've already got one, at least, uh, or or they could have been given one, right, by the Russians or the North Koreans or the the Chinese or something. So half of me believes that they've already got one. Uh, We're just, we're, we're continuously fed this line that, oh, they're going through an enrichment process and they're doing this and they're doing that. But at the same time, if they've got one, then I would assume that Mossad would already know about it, and that would be dealt with accordingly, I'm I'm assuming. But that's one of those things that I guess we'll never know. However, there was an interview that was conducted by, God help us, Brett Bayer, Mr. Toupe, from Fox News with the Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. And this is what he had to say about the Iranians... Acquiring a nuclear weapon with the rest of the world. So it's a useless uh, uh, effort to reach a nuclear uh, weapon because you cannot use it. If you use it, you got to have a big fight with the rest of the world. If they get one, will you? If they get one, we have to get one. A nuclear Saudi Arabia? What do you think? I think that the prince
1: is speaking to keep the popularity with his his people. Saudi Arabia doesn't need. A nuclear weapon because an attack on Saudi Arabia, there's been a long standing agreement, just like with the UAE, that the West will protect those two countries. So yes, he has to come out with a rhetoric and say, Yes, of course, if they get one, we will we must have one. But that's just for the ears of his people. That's not a serious thought.
0: I was thinking about this earlier actually you know i've i've never just to that point i've never actually heard uh him speak english before he speaks really good english well of course he was educated in england was he i that i didn't know i i knew that he went i knew that he he attended western school but he, i didn't know exactly where he's probably also uh spent some time in american
1: universities a great many of the uh higher families within the saudi and the United Arab Emirates um and Qatar and um, Kuwait. Kuwait. Bahrain, they send yeah. their they yeah. send and Bahrain, they send their kids to the UK for education. And also if you listen, you can tell where they're educated because some speak American, sorry, English mm-hmm. uh with an American accent, and some speak with an English accent. So so you can tell where they've been educated. Mm. And you can also take advantage of this because you can really screw them up in a pub quiz with questions about geography if you know they're educated in America.
0: This is a good point, yeah. How, however, I highly doubt that the crown prince hangs out in many uh, many pubs. Anyhow, you were saying before I so interrupted. You'd be surprised. That's true. Sorry,
1: yeah, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today. And you look at the Japanese fleet during the Second World War, was absolutely massive. It was a huge fleet. They had powerful guns. But what was it that defeated Japan
0: in the end? Well, it was the nuclear bomb.
1: Well, exactly. It was technological advances. So after the Second World War and Japan, uh, during the occupation by America, as everything started to settle down, and the apology by the emperor who was allowed to remain uh, and and so on what did japan do japan just got stuck into technology it stole what it could it broke it down into bits it reverse engineered it china now does the same it's all about technological advantage that's what they believe wins wars and even if you're not looking to win a war what you're looking at is to maintain your own security then it's these technological advan- uh, advances that have to be uh either discovered for yourself or shared given to you by allies now iran has chosen not to have any allies because of religion for want of a better word well they have allies we just uh, they, they they don't really have allies do they what they have are people who are willing to do business with them? And okay, those that's people- fair. That's fair. I,
0: I was just—I was looking more along the lines of um, Russia, China. You know, the Russian defense minister Shoigu—he's there on an official state visit right now.
1: Yeah, so- but they—they're they, not. Whilst they might be barking mad, religious burbling maniacs, they are not actually that stupid as to believe that uh, a Soviet or communist entity is actually their friend. They are a resource to be used, and vice versa. That's the state of play between Moscow, Tehran, what is it in Korea? Beijing. Uh, Pyongyang, yeah. Pyongyang. That's the state of play between all of them, actually, because they know that they live in this world where there is no real trust, there is no real friendship. They are all rogue nations, but they will come together to seek our downfall because they see our existence... Uh, as an affront, we should not be in existence as far as they're concerned. I've never met someone who would really want to see Russia turned into you know, a wasteland by a nuclear attack. I've never seen someone who really wants that to happen. I dare say such people exist. and And in turn, there'll be Iranians who want to see Israel flattened but that's not the way most people are most people are quite happy to let others be who they are and who they want to be in their own space but that's the problem we we've, we've got too much of this global ideal where everything must be under one regime and you've got people like uh is it Stolberg the Stolberg, NATO
0: yeah. yeah
1: again talking about NATO expansionism again I don't necessarily, despite having spent quite a long time in the armed forces uh, under NATO, agree with that kind of expansion because it is a provocation, whichever way you look at it.
0: To the point of the uh, the Iranians, it might surprise you to know that we actually have listeners in Iran. Would you believe that?
1: Well, I'm sure they the Moss, the Mossad will be listening to us, obviously. They probably um, we do have Israeli listeners yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, there'll be the. Iranian uh, secret services will be listening to us. They're not. They're not going to waste time and money uh, making an an invisible tap into our various streams. No, it's um, When they when they can just log on and, and, and do it through a VPN.
0: Why Why so, not? Why not? You know, we're, everything we do here, we, we've been saying that from the start, everything we do here is open source. All of this information is, is public for you, the listener, to go out and access for yourself. And you can make your own mind up. I think that's the most important thing. I think that eludes a lot of people, is the fact that you can make your own mind up. You can think for yourself. You can decide for yourself, as opposed to having people think and decide for you. We're being which, pushed... Yeah, go ahead.
1: Which brings me, you did say open source then, yes. didn't you? Not open yeah. source. No, open um, source. As but some of it, yeah. some of them feel and smell like open source, I've got, I've got true, to say. Yeah. Such as, again, where there was no consultation. Uh, Rishi Sunak has been in the news recently talking about the slight suckback on our net zero targets. And that's where we have not been consulted. When was there a referendum that asked us, do we want to comply with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations? Or is it de facto, because we are a member state and part of the UN Security Council, that we have to comply with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030, which has now been pushed back to 2035, from the uk he was on tv saying oh of course people will still be able to buy diesel and petrol cars up to this date uh, and even after that they'll be able to buy second-hand cars well you didn't ask us whether or not we wanted to play this silly f-ing game so you can stick it all up your ass Sunak. and as soon as you get voted out which will happen and that prick starmer Will wind up in power at the next general election. You can bet it. Once we've got rid of him as well, Sarma, really then They're, of course. Labor's gonna win me. the next election. Oh, Labor my God. will win the
0: next you election. You can't be serious. They're actually I'm, you think people are gonna go that way. I really do. It was close. Like the Tories are bad, don't get me wrong, but my god, Labour you like you you really you want to dump kerosene on an already out of control wildfire.
1: No, I don't want to dump anything on anything. I want them both to disappear up their own assholes, quite frankly, and take their cabinet and shadow cabinet with it with them and leave us with some actual politicians. But you you're talking about consulting the populace we were not properly consulted on those things on, on the net zero target on agenda 2030 and everything that's coming from davos and from the un we were not properly consulted because if we were i know what the answer would be and it wouldn't be a 53% um 48 uh, the 47% split like kind of like brexit was it would be much more 80% no, stick it, and maybe 20% I'm green and want to hug a tree uh, kind of response. So that's where I'd, I would have liked to have seen some consultation. The online safety bill, no, we, we weren't really consulted as a vote in public, but the government will say they have consulted with all the relevant agencies to bring this bill through but it's still going to be used against us. You can just see it. Even if you're not a paedophile, a Nigerian scammer, or, you know, an outright troll, it's going to be used against you to control you. And so, yes,
0: we should have had more consultation. It's going to happen now. The bill has gone through. Well, we're coming down to the uh, the final few minutes here. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to impart to the listener before you get away? We've actually we've had you on twice this week and next week you'll be back for your uh, your usual uh, Friday broadcast. Uh, but for your sake, just between the two of us, we will be regular time next week. We'll be back to the afternoon. So we can, you know, you have your evenings free. I'll I'll free you up in the evening again. So
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That that that's great because there's there's obviously the, the World Cup is on yeah. uh rugby, that is. And yeah. um, of course I'm
0: sure you want to have a lovely dessert while you're watching that or some cake or, or something like that. Or some I haven't cream. had
1: dessert yet. I had a gorgeous stir fry this evening, plenty of fresh vegetables, noodles, uh, and pan fried pork in a hoisin sauce sounds with, lovely uh it was it was lots of color you should always eat a rainbow yes of course. every day not not an lgbtq plus one over two pi root uh you know whatever it is but you should eat a rainbow every day plenty of colors get those vitamins in now i've got nothing else to say i'm just waffling on like a decrepit old man we
0: will go ahead and call this one done we'll see you next week indeed you will thank you very much johnny that will do it for us for today and for this week i would like to thank you for being here today my friend thank you to all of the listeners god bless everyone have a great weekend and we will see you on monday